The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> you think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? <laughs> well, I mustn't have been paying attention. When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question? And I listen more attentively There must have been something In all of that nothing That wasn't quite so easy to see Alright, we're out And I must have missed something When you were just talking to me All right, what do you say? Let's get this show on the road. Should we wait for the Bapa Paws? No, we'll just start the show. we got a lot to get to. All right. Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We've got a couple of great guests today, and we're going to do a bash update, and we've got a TMF update. We've got all kinds of stuff to get to. Uh, before we do, Saturday night at 7 o'clock, at Sadie's, did I say that right? Is it Shady's or Sadie's? Sadie's Bar and Grill. Sadie's Bar and Grill here in Salem, New Hampshire. My fine, fine producer, um, Chrissy, is going to be singing with her yeah, band. My band's Saturday playing Saturday night. Yeah. So if you want to see how hot this girl is, you're not even going <laughs> to believe it. You're going to show up and go, "Oh my God, that's Duggan's producer." No wonder why he yeah. won't quit. Oh. So um, <laughs> also, if you Sat- would just like to hear some really cool music, right. that well, would be yeah, good yeah, too. The music's good too. Uh, <laughs> Um, I might even go to that. That'd I have nothing awesome. on my schedule for Saturday uh, night, and something might pop up because it always does. But I'm, my, yeah. right, as of right now, I'm planning on going. It is our first gig of 2022. We'd love to uh, nice. see a big show out of support I, I just from wanna, everyone. I just want to see what she's wearing. Um, Rockstar. Right? And I got called a misogynist <laughs> earlier. I just want to let everybody know misogyny means you hate women, it doesn't mean you love them. So just a little, don't, don't let the media, news media, and the liberal college professor that you had uh, fool you into thinking that misogyny means you like women because it really doesn't. Um, we have a bash update. So let's pull that up and yeah. on your end and I'll pull it up on my end so I can see. So here's our bash update as of like five minutes before we went on the air because we've gotten, uh, we were at what, 7000 last week? I believe so. Yeah, I think yeah. we were at 7000 We're up to $11,300. We got $1,200 for the Lawrence High Junior ROTC and uh, we usually have Eugene Smith kicks us off with $1,400 on this scholarship, but he's very sick. And I was not about to call a guy who's not well and ask him for a donation. So we're trying to pick up the slack on our end. Uh, so this is at 1200 So we're almost at the 1400 that we need to start this scholarship off. And the, the goal on each of these scholarships is $5,000. i would love to go over that, but I want to try and at least get 5000 per kid. The Dan Cody Memorial Scholarship, $2,320. I think that's our highest. The uh, Haverhill High School Michelle DeLuca Benedetti Memorial Scholarship, $1,885. The Greater Lawrence Tech Scholarship, $1,345. The Whittier Scholarship, $2,300. And the Methuen High School Studio 21 Podcast Cafe Scholarship at $2,200. 
and 50 for a total of 11,300, which is pretty good for the last week. We've raised, uh, what is that, almost $5,000 in the mm-hmm. last week. And almost all of these scholarship donations, almost all of them, are $20, $50, $100. People are kicking in what they can. So the fact that we've got a, a, a over, over $11,000 from small donations, I haven't hit any of my big donors up yet. I even talked to, uh, and we know every year, uh, AFC Urgent Care gives us a couple of thousand. Uh, we've got other people that usually come in at the end. So before we even get to our big donors, we were, we're already well on our way, I think, yeah. and that's pretty. If you'd like to donate, you can use PayPal, you can use Venmo, you can use Cash App. Um, please don't use Zelle. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time with Zelle for some reason. We're not getting Somebody made a donation, but we're not getting it. Yeah. Um, and what, what's the other one? There's Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. And square. So if you have any of those, you can make a donation. Or you can always mail a uh, a check, which is good because when you use one of these apps, they take a fee. Um, And I'm kicking it out of pocket to to make up for all the fees that are coming in. Um, But if you want to do PayPal, friends and family, they don't take a fee. And if you want to mail us a check to 75 Main Street, North Andover, Valley Patriot Bash, um, that would be good because there's no fee for that. So we do have almost all of our kids picked. I was hoping we'd have them all picked by today. We have all but one. Who's our first? So this one is Patrick Cody. When Alvalo came to my office back in 2018, the day after Dan Cody from Cody's Towing was killed on Route 495, he said, I'm a, I was very good friends with Dan. I want to start a scholarship in his name. And I'm hoping that when his kid, it was to go to a kid that uh, graduated from the Thompson Grammar School in North Andover. And I said, why the Thompson Grammar School? He said, because that's where Dan's kids go now. He said, and I'm hoping that this scholarship is still going when they graduate high school. This year, that's going to happen. This year, Patrick Cody, Dan Cody's son, is going to get the Dan Cody Memorial Scholarship. So we'd like to get that up to at least $5,000 or more. Anybody, anybody who's in the towing service that remembers that, you were all in the, in the parade uh, for his funeral, um, reach out to us, please. Even if it's 20 bucks, 100 bucks. you know, Martino's Towing, Valley Towing, all the people that, you know, that we try to help throughout the year. Um, and I know Bobby Sheehan will kick something in because he always does every year. Um, please kick in for that scholarship. This is uh, this young lady that you're looking at right here is uh, Grace Parsons. She is our uh, Whittier Tech Scholarship, thanks to Haverhill School Committee member Scott Wood, who picks our scholarship kid every year from Whittier and um, Haverhill High School. Um, what's the next one do we have? The girls from the book. And the girls from the Vogue. Yeah. All right. So from the Great Alliance Technical School, we have Giancy, and I'm hoping I'm saying this right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Giancy and Yurilani Batista Jesus. They're twins. And so Jessica said, I can't just give one kid a scholarship and not give the twin a scholarship. So they're actually going to split the money. So we really want to get the Great Alliance Tech Scholarship, maybe even above 5000 so each of these kids can get a little bit more because they're actually getting a little less because they're splitting it. Uh, we don't have pictures of our Michelle DeLuca Benedetti scholarship win- winner. Um, he's actually, I believe, the son of a police officer. Uh, Scott Wood got us this kid, too. His name is Maxwell Bork. And who else do we have? Oh, and the junior ROTC, we got the name this morning, thanks to Brenda Rossi. Um, uh, and I, again, I apologize if I'm saying this wrong. It's Katerine Euclid from the junior ROTC. So it's actually, it's it's a, she's, I think, the only one that doesn't know she's getting the scholarship. And what we do at the beginning of the night is, we the first award we give out is our Hero Veteran Scholarship, our Hero Veteran Award. So at the beginning of the night, we have the junior ROTC march into the room to shut everybody up. 
and then we do colors, we do a Pledge of Allegiance, and they think they're just there to do like color guard stuff because that's what they do. And then we'll, um, and then I'll, I'll grab the microphone and say, hey, is there a Katrina Euclid in the room? And of course, she'll be one of the ones holding the flag and we'll pull her out of line. Her commander will take the flag for her and we'll give her the scholarships. That's going to be really special, as well as the Dan Cody thing is also going to be really special. Uh, one, other th- one other thing, oh, uh, we have the comedy night here, March 25th, here at the studio. It's going to be a telethon. It's a comedy telethon. We have six comedians. Each comedian is going to do their set for a specific kid. We're going to have a Venmo or a PayPal number at the bottom that you can donate. Um, uh, we have Eric Spagnoli. Eric Spaggs, uh, uh, world-famous comedian, is going to be uh, emceeing that event, and uh, hopefully we can raise some money for that. We were supposed to have a poker night tonight. We got zero interest. Prior to COVID, I'd go on Facebook and say, we're having a poker night. I'd do it on a Monday and say, we're having a poker night Thursday, and 15 people would show up. Since COVID, I've literally had zero interest. So we're canceling the poker night. Unless people call me and say they want to do it, if you get enough people, then I'll do it, but uh, it won't be tonight for sure. Um, and then the last thing is uh, the basketball bracket. So Kevin Druin, a good friend of mine, um, joined the bash committee this week because we need help on the bash committee. And on his own, went on Facebook, started a basketball bracket. He's doing a pool for March Madness. And all of the money is going to go to the junior ROTC kid for our, for our Lawrence High Scholarship. So I want to thank Kevin. And if you're interested in taking, uh, taking one of the brackets, uh, I posted it on my Facebook page. Uh, I linked him so you can either instant message him or instant message me and you'll get that. All right, I think we got everything. Oh, we have one more thing. Last night, uh, TMF, last night, Michael Agricola from Salvatore's Restaurant, the greatest guy you're ever going to meet in your life, um, hosted all of the TMF homeless people that we feed on Wednesday night out in the cold and said, no, 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 bring the, he got a bus, had the bus go to where we normally feed them because that's where they all showed up to eat. Put everybody on a bus, brought them to Salvatore's restaurant, gave them a free meal for the night. And everybody that left got overnight bags, they got hand warmers, they got blankets, they got socks. Um, And I want to thank Mike Agricola. Out of pocket, out of pocket, paid for their dinner last night for well over 50 people. And that's just amazing. But even more amazing is that we have a mayor in Lawrence now who gives a shit about the homeless. He actually showed up at the dinner last night and made the announcement that we're going back to the bus stop. We have to get it approved by the council, but I'm, I've been surveying the council members, and it looks like we're probably going to have the votes. Okay, we don't count our chickens yet, but the mayor is going to support it, and he has sent a letter to the council saying he supports it 100% to have TMF go back to the Buckley garage so the homeless can eat their food under an overhang and not have their food get rained on, snowed on, you know, all the... All the you know, we've, had, we've had done this thing in, like, three feet of snow sometimes, yeah. and a lot of the homeless people, when it's snowing like that, they don't want to. They don't want to get out from underneath their warm, uh, their warm sleeping bag, and then walk a mile to us to sit outside and have their food get rained on or snowed on. So this is going to be a big thing for us. All right, sitting next to me, to my left, to your right, <laughs> to my left, your right. If you're watching at home, uh, we have Dave Id Consoli from Pleasant Valley Landscaping. And by the way, they're looking for uh, help. Like everybody else around here, they're looking for workers. So if you want to work, you want to make some money, this is the guy to work for. He's the easiest guy in the world to work for as long as you do your job and you do what he tells you to do. That's what I talked to a number of people who work for you. After you've been on the show, I'll bump into them. They go, yeah, yeah, I work for him. He's a great guy, very easy to work for as long as you do your job. As long as you do what he tells you to do, easiest guy in the, work, in the world to work for. Nice so to hear. Thank Dave for being here. And to his left, a guy that I've known since fifth grade, 
at St. Patrick's wow. School, right? That, a long time ago, yeah, 40-something years ago. Uh, Dave Abdu, and we can call him Dave. It's okay to call you Dave. You can you're call not, him. You're not, yeah. you're not prissy like this guy. It's going to be David. Only cool people can be all called right, Dave. Okay, all right, cool. okay. All right, fair enough. And I wanted Dave to come on because Dave hasn't been on. The last time he was on was in 2009. And we're trying to get him on ever since, but he's so busy. And then who did you call? Your booking agent. Right. I called my booking agent, Dave Id Consoli. <laughs> Whenever I can't get somebody, but I couldn't get Neil Perry. I went through everybody I could to get Neil Perry to come back on the show. I finally said, you know what? Why am I calling all these other people? I should be calling David. David will get it done. And he did. He got it done. He got it done. Maybe we'll even have, uh, you know what I'd really like to have? I'd really like to have it. He may not do it, but the bash is a night of amnesty. People roast me. People get up at the microphone and they say mean things about me and everybody laughs and because I, I, I have no ego at all. I don't care if people want to say mean things about me. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, because especially if it's funny, so uh, I would I would really like for Neil Perry to show up as a surprise guest, take the microphone, and roast the hell out of me. Because even people who don't like him and like me will find it funny, but most of the people in the room don't like me, so it's going to be even more funny. Every year I get up to this microphone, and Dave will tell you he's been there. Mm-hmm. Every year I get up to the microphone, and before I give my speech, I look around and I count in my head how many people in this room won't even say hi to me tomorrow if I bump into them, but they come. Because they know we're giving money for scholarships, they know we're honoring veterans, and they know we're honoring police and fire, and those are things they care about. So they put aside their hatred of me, and they come and they donate. And really, I mean, it's great to have your friends in the room, but it's even better to have your enemies in the room to come in and say, yeah, you know what, I'm not a big fan of Tom Duggan, but this is a good event, and we want to support it. Is, is this so, a request from your booking agent? Yes, from my booking I agent. Will... So we get Neil Perry to, 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 to surprise us and come in. I, I don't care if we're in the middle of giving a scholarship. I'll hand him a microphone. And he can rip me to shreds. He can say whatever he wants. And, and it's a, again, it's a night of amnesty. Whatever is said in that room, we don't take anything personal the next day. We pretend it never happened. Um, so I wanted Dave to come on. He hasn't been on in a while. He Mate. just stepped to Dave, not David. Uh, you were on the planning board in 98, if I'm remembering right. And then you served 14 years on the city council in Lawrence. 14? Not quite that many, no. Uh, four terms plus. I did four full terms. Four, eight, nine, nine years. Nine years on the city on the city council in Lawrence, and now you've gone back to you know private life, so to speak. You're not an elected official anymore, so now you have nothing to lose. Now he now he comes on the show, right? He's not going to ruin his next election campaign. (laughs) And I just wanted to chat with you about you know like your experience as an elected official in Lawrence, especially going all the all the tumult that was tumultuous stuff going on, you know. the schools going into receivership, um, you know, the, 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 the infrastructure problems Lawrence was having, all the things that were going on, you were like right in the middle of all that. Mm-hmm. And you had to deal with it. And, you, and I think probably one of, the, one of the adults in the room sometimes, when everybody's yelling and screaming at each other, you're kind of like the Eunice Ziegler of Lawrence. You sit there and you don't engage in any of that crap. You let other people want to throw mud around. You just sit back and let them do it. And then when it comes back to you, you go right back to professionalism, talk about the issue. And I appreciate that. So talk about your time on, on the Lawrence City Council. What, what, what was like the one thing that you did that you think is like, you know, the height of your success as a counselor? It, it, well, thanks, Tom. First of all, thanks for having me. And um, I would have been here last week, but you didn't ask. Um, <laughs> um, I've been asking since 2009. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I'm a rather boring interview. But um, all kidding aside, you know, the when I went back, you know, I did – I did a um, a term in the previous decade, ran for mayor. That didn't work out. 
and I stepped away for a couple of years, intended to be for good. But when I came back the second time, um, it was all the things you said. And I really, I was recharged, ready to go. And it was the schools, the city, they were both in receiverships, separate receiverships. And um, fiscal management and, and direction and... I said, you know what, I can contribute here. I can make a difference. And I was focused on that and balance budgets, no tax increases. I had a plan. And then Columbia Gas Hit. blew up. Yeah. The entire city, <laughs> pretty know, much. And 70% of it was my district between Andover North and Andover Lawrence. My entire district, the entire thing, with the exception of one precinct, politicians who think in precincts, um, with the exception of that one precinct, that was what became the thing I was um, most proud of, looking back over the last 20 years, because it wasn't a tangible, something we constructed, something we balanced, finances, capital, whatever the case may be. It was helping people. And Can you boost his levels a little bit? Sorry. No worries. How's that? That's good. Um, it was helping people and acting as a customer service agent, if you will, because all of a sudden, people were without homes. They were out basic things that we take for granted every day. And it was everybody. So you, your phone had to, I mean, everybody in your district, right? Everybody in my district, to include myself. Right. I was out of my home for over three weeks, stayed at a friend's home in Middleton. And actually, you know, it, it was my wife, Stephanie, and kids that wanted to go home. We didn't have heat for another month after that. So we're experiencing what everyone's experiencing. But you don't think about it. I didn't think about it. I was up every morning the next morning before light to get down to the command center and get to work. And at night, triage the, the Facebook, the, the, the text messages, the emails. It was, it was unlike any experience. And it was something I am most proud of. And there's no period on it. There was no, you know, there's no, you, you don't have a building to show for it, a balanced right. budget. No ribbon cutting. No ribbon cutting. Right. And, and it felt better than any ribbon cutting I ever did. And it was, it was ultimately looking back, because I thought about this when I was driving in. If he asked, well, it's that. Mm -hmm. It's that. Because it was 14,000 constituents. And probably out of the 14, 10,000 of them Perfect. were out of their homes. Right. Were out of their homes. And so that's, that's where a public servant got to make a difference because sometimes I, I think we get elected and 50% um, of what we do, maybe we shouldn't be doing it. Right, right, right. right. I always say when people, can you bounce, for some reason I went down, I think. Did I go down? Or did my, did my ears just, maybe my ears just blew. Um, what was I going to say? I lost it. Um, so you were you were affected, and you're not even staying in Lawrence while this is going Correct. on. You go down to the, you you're going down to the command center, and I say this all the time to people that want to run for office or when they first get elected, um, like when DJ Borgard first got elected. And I said, listen, ninety percent of what you do should be constituent services, and ten percent of your time should be going over packets and worrying about votes, mm -hmm. because you've got people in your neighborhood that need something. They're going to reach out to you, and you need to spend more time on that. And you need to actually, I actually tell candidates when they're running or when they first get elected, that after they get elected, they should go back and knock on doors again. Thank people for their vote and then ask them what they need. Actually, I, when I was talking to Stephanie after mm -hmm. Stephanie got elected mm -hmm. to replace you, um, 
she asked me, like, you know, what's the one thing that you would give as a former elected official? And that was it. Go back to the people whose doors you knocked on, thank them for their vote, and then say, now that I'm here, not looking for anything, what can I do for you? What is it that you need in the neighborhood? What are your number one concerns? And you always just instinctively did that. Like, you always just instinctively knew your job was more customer service, more constituent services than it was the votes. And you could tell when you watch those meetings, everyone else is throwing crap at each other and and all the all the psychodrama that goes on at those meetings sometimes. And you would just kind of like sit back and just let it happen. And then when it came back to you, it was like, okay, let's talk about our constituents. And not only the constituents, but sometimes, you know, it's, you got to do your homework before you show up for these meetings. Right. And, um, you know, I took pride in getting it done the week before. As soon as we got the package on Fridays, you do your homework. And um, I don't know, I just came from a school where, you know, you you don't get paid by the word, so mm-hmm. make your words count. And um, so I didn't feel the need to get into every scrum right. every night because more and more that, that, was, that was becoming a thing. Yeah. Now, you got along well with Mayor Dan Rivera. Yes. Okay. Yep. You didn't really get along all that, along all that well with Willie Lantigua when he won. So we didn't serve together. Oh, that, oh you didn't? We didn't serve. Was so, that when you took that? Because you were off for a while, and then you came back? Yeah, I had applied for a job, Mayor of Lawrence, and uh, <laughs> uh, the voters selected Mr. Lantigua over me. And um, and that was... The- Somebody should have took Tom Duggan's advice on that election. I don't want to go there, but... <laughs> he's not going to do that. He's way too, he's way too <laughs> honest. This guy, this guy, he's baiting me. Um, I'm trying, but it's not working. <laughs> but, you know, that, that actually, losing that race, um, personally... Um, I, I would have been a better mayor, and oh, for sure. I don't think I, I don't think even Willie would disagree with that. And I say that I say that with as much modesty as one can when they make that statement. Most people don't know Willie and I, Willie Lantigua and I, were friends going into the race. Mm-hmm. Willie was in the race. I was the ninth one in, and there was only one after me. So really, you know, we were. I was a latecomer, right? And and he was, you know, he was a state rep, and so I had no reason to have a challenge with, with Willie. And I thought I was the best candidate and would have done the best job. And after, after I lost, he and I have always been fine. We have always been fine to the point where my friends are like, what were you just doing? And it's like, you know, he and I never had a challenge. And frankly, losing that race was the best thing that ever happened to me personally, not for the city, but personally, because I went and coached baseball, softball and hockey for 10 years. And, it was time spent with the kids, and, you know, Lawrence is still here. I always say the year that I left the school committee in Lawrence was my best year ever. <laughs> because once you stepped away from all you, – you don't realize how much pressure and how much stress being an elected official mm-hmm. is until you step out of it. And you've been out of it for a little while. And people would say, gee, Tom, I'm really sorry you're not on the school committee. Anymore. I'm like, don't be because I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm really enjoying not having that kind of – constant stress, the constant phone calls, the constant, well, we didn't have text messages back then, but you know, constant phone calls, the constant letters, people grabbing you when you're at Market Basket. Hey, I got a pothole. I'm on the school committee. What are you talking to me about a pothole for? Well, yeah, but you know people. So like, it, 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 once you step out of it, it, it is refreshing. It, it is like a weight is lifted off your... It is. It's a bit, it's, it's a bit like being on a hamster wheel because mm-hmm. you know what else has changed is social media. Right. And I have, I still have four accounts and people would post in the morning and then text you at 11 or 12 and say, Hey, you didn't answer my post. (laughs) 
I would, because I had a rule of thumb. I'd get it done by the end of the day, but I had a day job, right? right. And Lawrence, as you know, it's a part-time school committee, part-time city council. Right. And so I had a day job that pays the bills. And um, I was like, wow, it wasn't like this a decade ago when I first got elected. But you were always amazing at constituent services. Him and I are very good friends. My parents love you. And, and we, we even vacationed together. Them. He'd be He'd be in Disney World re- returning people's- <laughs> Snowstorm. Returned. Texting people about potholes. We, had, we were in Disney. Peter Rock, that's you. We were, <laughs> we were, I love Peter. We were in One Di- of my writers. We were in Disney World, and he, we had a massive blizzard coming, and he was responding to constituents. That's I had awesome. to fly home to work the storm, which I got criticized for, but, but he, he never stops. He's always worried about his constituents. And, and to your credit, you guys did an amazing job. When Columbia Gas hit, those roads were destroyed. Yeah. And I don't know mm. what the thought process was. You guys did utilities as well before repaving. I, that, was I, always, I, that was always a Dan Rivera thing. And I yeah. got to give him credit. He, he always complained, even when he was on the council, why is it that we pave a road and then after it's paved, we dig it up to put down right. a pipe? And you didn't do that. And I, if, you go through they reversed self, it. If, if you go through Dave's district now, because I'm a contractor, we do work in, you know, in Lawrence and stuff, the roads are tremendously improved. Yeah. So you guys yeah. did an amazing job. Yeah, no, there, w- there was 71 miles of trenching that had to happen, and you know all three communities involved. But Dan Rivera was the mayor at the time. We insisted that this work get done, and Halloween was coming, and we wanted the roads closed up. But the long game is we wanted the roads, right? We wanted the roads. We had invested a lot of money as a city council and a mayor right. for the last. You decade. just finished. You just finished paving a ton of roads. my street. Which right. hadn't been, I grew, as you know, I grew up on that street. 53 years it hadn't been paved. It was a dirt road, right? And it was paved 53 years ago. It finally got paved literally the next September. Columbia Gas. Columbia Gas. Right. And, and so for all the God people, does not want you to have a road. No. <laughs> no, all the time riding bikes and roller skating and whatnot. It finally had a pristine street. He's right. got the best lawn in the street, too. I bet he does. <laughs> I bet. So what was, what was, and I'm sure you've probably given this some thought, too. What, what are your biggest disappointments leaving the city council? Like things that you wish that you could have gotten done or things that you maybe did that you now regret? So I, I'd have to say the biggest thing, and it was something I pushed for, and I'm going to continue to stay involved and keep pushing for, and a master plan for the city of Lawrence. I was talking about it in the mayor's race in 2009. The city back then was losing out on grant money because it did not have a master plan. It did not have a cohesive way as to the way it thinks about the future. And Can you explain to people at home what a master plan is? Yes, it's, it's a comprehensive plan that not, doesn't focus on any one thing. It's your big plan. It's your 100,000 foot. This is, where, this is where we are today. This is where we want to be in 20 years, 25 years. And then you literally fill it in. As you and, and you use that as your roadmap to get there. And Lawrence never has a roadmap. We go from one crisis right. to another. Right. And it, it's like rope-a-dope, you know, and, and you know, we, you get what you plan. And, you know, today, right, I mean, the city in the last six months is financing over $200 million in schools between the Mass School Building Authority and the city of Lawrence. Isn't that insane, by the way? Not only is the dollar amount, it almost feels, it, it feels funny just to say $200 million and just have it roll off your lips. And that's the low number. Right. And the sad part is, is when those schools are completed, they're already beyond capacity because Lawrence doesn't look at housing stock, public safety, 
public education and all the other services, whether it be senior or other social services, they don't look at that. And they're building these schools, and they're already outdated before a brick is laid. They need to be built, these schools, in heinous condition. But where's the plan? Why are you building them there? Why are you building them that way? And you're spending the taxpayers' dollars, a lot of taxpayers' dollars. It's... It's no way to run a business, and, and that's, that's kind of what it is. Uh, my position has always been when the teachers inside the school are doing a good enough job that these kids can get a good job and get into college, then I'd think about supporting building a new school. But otherwise, you're just giving kids a prettier place to not be taught in. And I look at the failures of the Lawrence schools, mm-hmm. and I look at how they're not teaching kids, how kids are graduating. They can't speak, read, and write English, most of them. They can't get a, jo- a good job. They can't get into a four-year college. And 80% of them that get into a four-year college don't make it the first year or two. They end up dropping out. And then people start talking about we need to build more schools or build new schools. And my thing is like, yeah, we need to be focusing on what's going on in the schools, not how pretty the schools need to be. And you are correct. You are correct. It's 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 the... Syllabus. It's what that. It's what's being taught, right? And how it's being taught is most important. But let me be clear: the Leahy and the Oliver schools, which were the most recent examples, deplorable condition. Is there capacity the, issues, Dave? There's absolute capacity issues, but I mean, water, mold, oh. boilers, um, you name it. They're over 100 years old. Right. They hadn't been cared for. And that's shame on the city of Lawrence. That's shame on people like me, right, that hold elected offices that should be holding people accountable over a period of time. But don't compound the issue. Don't compound the issue with the finances. But uh, not to go down that rabbit hole, but you're right. And the most important thing is the education, what you're teaching, how you're teaching it. Um, In Lawrence's case, though, I would... would the case for the Oliver and the Leahy, they were deplorable schools. Now, I taught at the Oliver. My mom actually worked at the Oliver. It's a historic building, right? It, it was named after Henry K. Oliver, one of the founders of Lawrence. Uh, is, the, is, the, is the historical integrity of the outside of the building that, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful building outside. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, inside, it's horrible. Are they gonna, do you know if they're going to keep the, the historical value of like what it looks like outside? Yes. The facade, the, fa- the facade is going to be kept. It's be propped up. And essentially, they're going to build a 21st century, beautiful, cutting-edge labs. I mean, Oliver didn't have labs, doesn't have a cafeteria, doesn't have a gym. It's going to be a 21st century school built behind the facade nice. of the Oliver that you taught in. And that is a nice touch, like the Weatherby right. 20 years ago. So right. it's going to be like just like the Weatherby 20 Great. years ago. Great. Dave Id, how, how, do, how do you guys, like, I can't figure out, because I know his personality, I know your, your personality is a lot more like mine. Central Catholic. Dave's is much more like my friend Tim Hart, and I can't figure out how you two guys are friends. Central Catholic. Central Catholic. Right, four years. Yeah, my yeah. master plan. Let's talk about my master plan. <laughs> Never mind his master plan. My master plan is he moves out of Lawrence, buys the house next door to me in Methuen, and runs for office. And runs for mayor when Neil Perry's done. Okay? And comes over and we share sausages he, together. He'd be a great mayor. He's the best sausage cooker ever. Really? Yeah. So I'm a, like, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of very hot sausage. He grills at my house because I'm terrible. And Borelli's Deli makes me a special hot sausage. They, they actually, really? they'll now sell to the public now because I started bragging about it. People started going in he and won't, He won't cheat on me. You did. Right. Oh, that's true. I did. Yes. So I'm a, I'm a big hot sausage guy. So anytime you want to make me like super hot sausage, I guess okay, can't be hot enough. Well, to be clear, <laughs> I I cook it. His father, his 93, 
92, but my, 90, mom, my mom's kind of taking that over now. 92-year-old father and his Recipe and his from mom. Sicily. Oh, okay. So it's their recipe. They make the sausage, and then it's kind of like handing the Stanley Cup to the winning hockey team. Gotcha. And then I take it. And and I have. I'm gonna the, have to call Don Smiriglio and see if I can steal that recipe. But we do eat good when we're together. We 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 have a lot of fun between the Lebanese cuisine and the Italian cuisine. So you guys went to Central together because mm-hmm. you years. look like you're 10 years younger than him. No offense. Look at the hair. Right. Yeah. I mean, I he, lost my hair 20 years I, ago. I look younger than him. Yeah, you look like you're That's 10 years younger than him. That's because he's 10 times smarter than I am. <laughs> so it off balance. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, he's a good looking so, guy. And look at the product. At the product. Have you ever thought of running for something else? State rep, state senate, uh, state off, or moving to New Hampshire where people will, will actually vote for you? Can you know maybe run, come up here in New Hampshire and vote, run for something? You know, going forward, no. But I, I intentionally did not close my political account down um, because for me it's public service. And, um, you know, the question was, oh, what do you, why are you leaving it open? What are you doing? Nothing, but it, it shouldn't mean that I'm I'm not telling you the truth. It's just right now, I have a great job. Right. I got a great family. And just like coming back to the council, we'll see what opportunity in the form of need comes up. And so I don't know. You know, I, I've never wanted to be a state legislator. That being said, when Sue Tucker retired, you know, someone asked me, I gave it about a night's thought, and I said, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Right. Don't want to do that. But he's got a long legacy of public service. He, he was does. In, he was in the, uh, the the army reserves, National Guard, National Guard. Yeah. Okay, sorry. And he's it's like Dave and David. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, public service comes comes to him naturally. Right. Not unlike me, I'm in the private. I've been in the private sector my whole life. But even his job now at the MBTA, he's always he's still serving constituents. Right. Right. So that's that's what he does. Now the phones are lighting up. <laughs> <laughs> Your replacement, Stephanie Infante. Yes. Whom I love to death. Mm-hmm. She's great. I, 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 we started off not liking each other, but we've ended up loving each other. Um, she's got a tough job, right? She's coming in after you. She's got mm-hmm. big shoes to fill. What advice do you have for her going forward as to what she's going to have to do in order to continue where you left off? She's got to be herself. So first of all, you know, she's, she's a young professional and she's really, really great people. She's smart, articulate, thoughtful. She needs to stay all of that. And, you know, in district E, there's no hub, you know, it's, she's a district counselor. There's no common, like Michael Plant, the president of the city council, awesome guy. He's got, he's got the stadium. He's got O'Connell Park. It's kind of, they're kind of like hubs. You grew up in one of those neighborhoods, right? And actually grew up between them. But mm-hmm. um, in District D, it's kind of decentralized. And so you have to get out and about and listen and, and the social media and the, the various 21st century outlets. And because someone who's down on Newton Street or someone who's down on Everett Street, their problems are a lot different than just a half mile away. And it's a very diverse, not only ethnically, demographically, but just the, the nature of the district and you gotta you gotta have your head to the rail you gotta be listening you know you talk you were joking about it earlier you really do you have to be listening to them i've told the counselors many times that we're just getting elected and coming on getting elected is the easy part right it really is the easy part 
because the real job starts once you're elected. I always ask people once they win and they're all crowing that they won. Yeah, but what did you win? Trust me. Yeah. You actually lost. The, yes. guy, the guy that lost the election, he's the guy that won. Right? And, and so Stephanie just has to continue being herself, and, and she will. And she needs to, you know, do what's right in the moment, whatever that issue comes up, and but constituent services. And Lawrence has a lot of needs. And again, as I just articulated, they're different just within her district. And and she'll do she'll do a fine job. She'll do a fine job because she's a thoughtful person. She, now, she does a great job at the vocational school. Yeah, right? I, so. I, I hear all good things with her. All good things with yeah. her. She, in fact, she's been on the show. Uh, she she came on the show when she was running. Didn't even tell me she was running. She came on to promote the Vogue. And she we loves talked, the Vogue. We she talked about some it. of the great programs, yeah. especially yeah. the adult programs that they're offering. And even like when we were off the air on our way out, she never said, "Oh, by the way, I'm running for city council." I I found out on Facebook like a week later. No, she, that she had she, already declared like a week earlier, and I'm like, she didn't even tell me. I was just talking to Dave about this before we came in. She's starting a program now where they're reaching out to people like me, asking if we're interested in getting involved as contractors to teach night school um, and things like that. So oh, that's great. Someday when I retire, I'd love to be. I think I'd be a good teacher. I, get, I need a little bit more PC. He's got to He's got to help me because I don't la- have. I'd last I don't, thirty I, seconds. I don't have a filter. Uh, so I taught for four years. Let me tell you something. I'd, I'd last five <laughs> seconds in this environment. <laughs> Listen, let me just take a moment, but in case we run out of time, you taught. You you opened the show talking about the scholarships. The scholarships that Tom and the Bash put together are top shelf, and he didn't ask me to do this. I'm serious. I'm being I'm being serious. Donate, donate, donate. The Junior ROTC Scholarship, which is the one I'm most familiar with, these are great kids in Lawrence, and it's a great program. And Tom does, you know, what he's doing here is is good, good stuff. And I mean, we've had we've had we've lost three people in the last decade that have served their country from Lawrence, and um, their families are all going to be there. We've got a gold star table for them. Yeah, and what's what's more important, if I if I may add to his. I was thinking of donating to the vocational school, but after speaking to him, you talk about these kids from Lawrence um, who didn't come from affluent, you know, an affluent community and they want to serve and go into ROTC. That's why I brought this check. Oh, no. Yep, for the Lawrence High Alumni Association for the for ROTC. ROTC. Yeah. Very nice. Yes. So that's just one. This, this other one's for you. Okay. All right. Very good. Okay. I feel so, like I'm on the Jerry Lewis the, telethon now. That's yeah. for the, so can we get you two guys to come to the bash? We'd love to have you in the room. We'd love to have um, you there. If I can bring, I might carpool with Neil Perry, Mike Samard. <laughs> and Tina, <laughs> Tina Conway. No, and, and Dave Borgard. Steve Saber. <laughs> Steve <Dave Borgard. laughs> so I'll just drive them all there. If you want people to roast you, I might have to buy a bigger vehicle. That's true. To, That's true. To bring them. Listen, even Steve Saber, as much as he hates me, if he showed up that night and said, Poor I want a microphone Steve. for five minutes... I'd, I'd hand him the microphone. Poor, I'd let him say whatever he wanted to say. Poor Councilor Saber. He's relentless on the guy. <laughs> I'm going to have to pay more attention. I just want to say also, I, I'm, I'm going to donate again this year, not only from my that. account personally, but also you have a good friend of ours, I noticed, uh, Michelle DeLuca. Yes. Benedetto. Yep. Oh, that's right. You knew her too. I knew her with you. Right, because she and, we hung out with, with Ken all the time when we were kids. And her son, Jonathan, and my daughter, Elizabeth, went to school together. And oh, they, no kidding. They're good friends. Oh, it's, that's nice. Yeah, so I I, I didn't that's know that great. coming into today, so that, that'll, be a, that'll be another. Great, so how much can we put you down for? <laughs> he never stops. <laughs> <laughs> you buying me lunch today? Well, yeah, well I, need, I need to get that total up. <laughs> You know what? Just surprise us. That's all. Okay. Okay. Very okay. good. So we've got about a minute left. 
What would you like to say to your constituents after serving the community, after doing all of this uh, for all this time? Mm-hmm. You know, this might be the last time they see you, right? And it's some kind of public setting like this, like an interview type setting, unless you want to come back. Um, what do you have to say? Thank you. To those. I want to say thank you. Yeah. It, it really is a privilege um, to serve because you get elected and then you represent 100% of the people, whether they voted for you or not. And you're doing what you can for them and they let you into the house they tell you their problems and and they put a lot of faith in you and sometimes you come up short and you feel horrible about it but i i want to say thank you that's um what i want to say yeah and dave id consoli we always appreciate you being here you're looking for help at pleasant valley landscaping yeah just like everybody else we're, we're, i mean we're okay but yeah. you know we we need help. What does it cost to start? Like, say, if, if somebody's interested and they want to come work for you, what do what do you no, what do you pay to start? You can't say. I'm not going to say that. It's different for everybody. It's different. Uh, okay. the, sometimes we get people that come in that can like you turn the key, they can take over the whole operation, and then right. you got you got a guy, you hand him a shovel, and he's like, "Which end do I start with?" So and listen, before you run out of time, he, you might not say it, but this guy pays health benefits. He's his, he's a top shelf organization. He's a top shelf person, and the thought of when we were, you know. We don't hire illegals. I think that's that's the biggest part that hurts me because a lot of guys they'll they take advantage of illegals. Well, yeah, Legal, they pay them under the in, table. They keep pay them under. They the pay them under the table, and it's it, they just take advantage of them. And I just and I'll close the doors before I do that. He pays great wages, but he's he's going to pump my tires. I'll pump him right back. His, his he's amazing. His wife is amazing. His kids are awesome. I'm wearing my Mary Mac shirt because him his son and my son were freshman roommates uh, when they moved into Mary Mac, so they. Great person. I'm glad we got him on. That's this is awesome. all about him. Never mind me today. But yeah, he he deserves, you know, a lot of a lot of respect for what he's done for the city of Lawrence. Well, I, listen, I appreciate you having being here. I appreciate being your friend for the last how many years? You know, we 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 have been on the same side on most things, mm-hmm. right? We've a couple of times, a couple of times we weren't, uh, but we always stayed friends, and I always appreciated that. And that's that's what's that. That's old school, right? right? I mean, you can disagree on something and drink a beer or have a pizza the right. next day. He's good. Li- he's good like that because, like him and I, don't agree on a lot of things. Yeah. Sometimes he's over the top, but we still him. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, him, not Sometimes you. I'm I'm a hundred percent lockstep with you. I'm not burning that bridge. I'm way I'm way over the top sometimes. All right, Chrissy can I think roll that up. I want to thank our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate. We got to get Matt back in here. We're going to talk about the uh, real estate prices. AFC Urgent Care. In Methuen and North Andover, we love Lisa Williams and her husband and Zaka and everybody over there. Marsan Inside Construction. Boy, do I hope Ronnie Marsan runs for mayor in Methuen next year. Uh, EIS Investigation and Gun Training. Borelli's Deli. Best hot sausages. And by the way, best butternut squash ravioli anywhere in the Merrimack Valley. Tomo and Happy Crab. I think we're going there after uh, the show. Clear Path for Veterans. New England. Sullivan Insurance, a free shout-out to them. And the Lazy River Products in Drakeit. Uh, cannabis store in Drakeit is now advertising with us, and so I'll probably be there next week. If you go, you'll probably run into me. Thank you to Chrissy, my fine, fine producer. Thank you to Dave for the uh, for the donation. And thank you to Dave Garofalo from Studio 21 Podcast Cafe for not only letting me keep my show after all the controversy, but for donating $2,100 to our scholarships. That's amazing. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. Yep, he does, so go home already.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.